Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Pride of Detroit podcast is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. It's the jerky that fuels your Detroit Lions. That's right. Righteous Felon Jerky and Meat Sticks are available to Lions players at the training facilities at Allen Park. Each two-ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein, and each stick has 8 grams of protein. Trust me, if it's good enough for the Lions, it's going to be good enough for you, too. Righteous Felon is based in Westchester, Pennsylvania, and they use locally sourced all-natural Black Angus beef, and they pride themselves on superior quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offerings. And now through the end of December, you can go to RighteousFelon.com and use the discount code POD20 at checkout to get 20% off your order. That's promo code POD20 at RighteousFelon.com, valid through 12-31-2022. Another amazing victory. Welcome to the Lions post-game show. Hey, spoiler alert, the Lions are 7-7. Seven and seven. The Lions have clawed back to 500, and barring a tiebreaker, they are on the doorstep to the third wild card in the NFC. Welcome in. I'm Chris Perfett. Uh, Jets, Lions, Lions 20, New York Jets 17 in an improbable game. If I had told you that this offense, this vaunted offense had been stimmied to the fact that it took until the dying minutes of the fourth quarter to score a touchdown. You would say, and up until that point, they had had six points from field goals. You would have said I was like the Lions had lost this game. We all knew that the New York Jets were a very good defense, but boy, they had the Lions number today. They really had the Lions number and they really made things difficult. And compounding that fact was the fact that the Lions secondary really struggled with the Jets, which is something I thought was even more surprising than the Lions offense faltering the way that it did. I thought with Zach Wilson back under center, the matchup meant that, you know, he, he was going to revert to more to quick passes and the Lions were good on defending those kind of quick passes up front. And instead, what happens is Zach Wilson put on, uh, I believe, a net t- uh, 287 yards, uh, 317 yards through the air for the New York Jets today. Just utterly abusing the secondary. Garrett Wilson had a, close to 100 Uh, receiving yards. It was spread out quite well. And the Jets really, really stuck around with the Lions all day. Now, granted, 300 yards, you'd think, oh God, it's it's touchdowns all over. But thankfully, the Lions defense did some good bend-don't-break there. Wilson got a lot of yards, but thankfully, the Jets didn't make too much out of it until close to the very end, where a touchdown to go ahead meant that the Lions 
suddenly once again had to turn to Jared Goff to put the big boy pants on. And it's always the thing with Jared Goff. You know, we, we could, I think you look at his splits on the road right now. He's not performing as well on the road versus for home. That leads to a larger conversation, which we will have on the POD cast. But it, what matters at that moment is putting on the big boy pants and doing one drive for posterity. And boy, did it. It turned into Brock Wright 51 yards the house to give the Lions the lead late in that game. And then he asked the defense to step up because the Jets have a minute 40 and they've got three timeouts. Well, thank for the Lions. They forget that they have those timeouts and how to use them. And thankfully for the Lions, Romeo Aquara decides it's his day to step back into the field, gets two sacks, a very frustrating final drive as there are some third and forevers that the Jets are able to convert including one final one to set them up for a field goal where the, where the officials give them one second back on the clock saying that they stepped out. I mean, they, they didn't step out, but they used the timeout with one second. But ball don't lie, as Rasheed Wallace would say. And the, and the Jets miss and the Lions win the game. How the hell did that happen? Who knows anymore? The Lions are running with destiny. That's my analytical take. You can't comprehend this team at this point. They just have all the damn luck. Now, it's not all luck. Jared Goff had to make that run down the field. Brock Wright had to run the house for that touchdown. The offense had to come together at the right time. The defense had to put Zach Wilson on his back foot, sack him four times throughout this game. I mentioned Romeo Quara's two sacks. Let's give it up for James Houston once again. Five sacks in four games now. Houston is... uh, Houston, we have a problem. Houston, you are the problem. We are sending you as the problem out there. The entire defensive line is playing very well. And they, they, the defense, I thought, played very well with a lot asked of them in this game. In spite of the fact that they were getting burned quite a bit on, on, in the secondary, in, in their coverage. Like, I, I, you get burned that bad, but still make, give them only two touchdowns. I, think that's a bit of a victory to be honest the offense is a bit of another question I think moving forward big picture the fact the Lions went on the road and their defense shriveled up the way it did which was partly due to some very weird offensive play calling happening here it was very ineffective on the ground and very ineffective early in the game and the Lions probably need to not, not not ineffective on the ground. DeAndre Swift, you know, getting back into it. I, I meant ineffective all around. I'm sorry. I'm misspeaking because I'm so nervous right now. The Lions have another road game coming up next week. Once again now to the, to the, to the Carolina Panthers. So they're going to have to figure out their road, their road offense yet again and try to figure out how to get back more effective, how to play in cold weather out there. Not as cold as New York. I'm sure uh, uh, Charlotte isn't going to be as cold, but I used to live down North Carolina. It gets cold down there too. But make no mistake, the Lions put under pressure, did not wilt under pressure like they do in years past. And that speaks volumes to the coaching, to the Coyones of this team, to its just general belief in itself right now. Things that we really can't put down onto paper read through analytics that they are playing with 
a, a passion that hasn't been in this town since, I don't know, at least four or five years, maybe? When you play hard like this, when you, when you stand strong in those situations, look, this game could have gone a lot of different ways, and they definitely had luck on their side for the missed field goal. I mean, for, for all of it. The, the field goal was short. It had the leg on it, but I, I, if this had gone to overtime, I don't know if I would like the Lions in an overtime. Zach Wilson, even though got, was getting the house brought at him, was, uh, I don't think that continues in overtime, and Zach Wilson was still somehow able to get some real deep balls out there to, Wilson, to, to Garrett Wilson and to Elijah Moore. The, the Lions secondary had no real answer for that late in the game. Likewise, when the Lions did put together something on offense, it took a lot of work. Uh, they had to overcome a lot of holding penalties that continued to blow up there. The Lions took a lot of penalties in this game. A lot of penalties in this game. It cost them a lot of things, a lot of holding penalties. Six penalties total for 52 yards. A good majority of those were holdings. And some of those holdings were a little uh, suspect, especially the ones on Evan Brown, I believe. But... I don't complain about officiating. That's something you have to overcome, tighten up. If you know you're getting called like that, you have to adjust your play to not take those calls. I don't think I would have liked the Lions in overtime, but good news is they, they didn't need it. And sometimes, to be a good football team, you just need some luck on your side to get away from a game like this. This was an ugly game all around. Ugly games happen in the NFL. You can't, you can't just beat every team cleanly. You're going to be up against one hell of a competition. Lions did. They needed some luck on their side. They got that luck. Damn, they got that luck. And now they're 7-7. Seven and seven. We're feeling as good of about Lions team as we've ever felt. And we're talking about a team at 7-7. Seven and seven. If it wasn't... It, the head-to-head -head tiebreaker against Seattle is the only thing holding the Lions now from a wild card position. Seattle looks like they're on the wrong side of a southbound track, so all the Lions have to do, in the, world's, in the words of Al Davis, just win, baby. And maybe miracles can happen. Because right now, the Lions got a miracle today, and they're going to need a few more before it's all said and done. We'll break this game down further on the Pride of Detroit POD cast coming your way on live on twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit later on Sunday night. This feed's coming out to you on Sunday evening, and we'll get you the POD cast on your podcast feeds Monday morning. Until then, we will see you star side. Thank you, Lions fans.